In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, Let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it. And it was so. God called the vault sky, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And God said, Let the water under the sky be gathered into one place, and let dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land, and the gathered waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kind, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kind. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning, the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years. And let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, Let the water teem with living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea, and every living thing with which the water teems and moves about in it, according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number, and fill the water in the seas, and let the birds increase on earth. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, Let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give you every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw, that all, God saw all he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus, the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done.
Lord, sanctify us by your truth. Your word alone is the truth. Amen. I personally have heard a couple times someone saying, hey, Paul, if Christianity gives up the faith of Trinity, then you guys could get way more followers. I know why they say like that, and the doctrine of Trinity is the mission impossible to understand by brain. It is also ununderstandable for, I mean, it is only understandable for those who have faith in Jesus. Their faith is a result of the work of the Holy Spirit through the gospel. So, as you noticed already, even having a faith in Jesus, we need all triune God. There is the Father's mercy needed, and then Jesus' redeeming work, and then the Holy Spirit sanctifying the people who hear the gospel. The doctrine of the Trinity is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are one in Godhead, but, and then their external acts of Godhead are shared. However, there are three persons, and they do not share paternity, affiliation, and procession. What? Pastor John, what are you talking about? Are you speaking in tongue? What the paternity, affiliation, and procession means? So this is what I learned at the seminary from both Methodist and Lutheran. The paternity, you, you may remember that it belongs to the Father. Father is the speaker. He's speaking. He's generating. And the affiliation is belongs to the Son. It's being spoken or generated from the Father. And then third one, processions, is belongs to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is being sighed. It's not the degree of their divinity, but different role. Still not clear? It is all right. While we hear the word of God, the Holy Spirit make it clear beyond the man's language. So the doctrine of Trinity and the faith in triune God is not a logical exercise. However, it is central to our salvation. The temptation of denying the doctrine of Trinity have been occurred for the last couple thousand years. Therefore, we confess with our universal creed, which are the Apostles' Creed and Nicene Creed and Athanasian Creed. And these three creeds help us keep the solid doctrine of Trinity. Here is a short definition about the creed from our website, Wells' website. The Apostles' Creed is a brief statement of gospel truth taught by the apostles. It was not formulated by the theologians, but out of the need of the Christian church, Christians used it to tell others what they believed and also to confess their faith with one another as they met for worship. How about the Nicene Creed? was written around AD 325 in defense of the true Christian faith. The council and Nicaea developed it, depending on the deity of Christ in order to safeguard the apostles' teaching. And the Athanasian Creed was made in first century. It was prepared to assist the church in combating two errors that undermined the Bible teaching. One error, which denied that God's Son and the Holy Spirit are 
of one being or Godhead with the Father. The other error denied that Jesus Christ is true God and true man in one person. The church observed today as the Holy Trinity Sunday. What the church is doing, we call it, is ministry of God. This holy ministry proclaims the triune God as the Father, as the Son, as the Holy Spirit. And we believe one God and three persons. Our ministry conveys the truth as long as we proclaim the triune God. Do you know why people call all Christians are minister. The essential meaning of the word minister is servant or slave. When we consider that all Christians are servants of Christ, we can say that all are servant, and therefore all are ministers. On the other hand, not all Christians are called to exercise their service or ministry publicly. So, Others as full-time church workers, like pastors and teachers in this church. We have traditionally used the term minister to refer to those called servants, but it is not incorrect to call all Christians like you and everybody in sanctuary as ministers in the sense that they serve Jesus and others in their daily activities. Today, let us focus on the holy ministry, apostles' ministry, a church as a visible believers gathering. What we are doing is the holy ministry. It is not the man-made business. Our holy ministry continues in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit until Jesus comes again. The holy ministry continues in the name of the Father, our Creator. Let's read all together yellow part. The Father is God. The Son is God. The Holy Spirit is God. The Father is not Son. Son is not Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is not Father. The Father is God. This truth has rarely been questioned or disputed within the Christian church. The Father is our almighty maker of all things, visible and invisible. It does not mean, listen carefully, it does not mean the Father is the creator of the Son and the Holy Spirit. The Son and the Holy Spirit associate with the work of creation, with the Father in particular. We consider creation of our world as the Father's particular work or special work. So, here is our confession. This we believe, section two, first statement says, we believe that the universe, the world, and the human race came into existence in the beginning when God created heaven and earth and all creatures. The creation happened in the course of six consecutive days of normal length by the power of God's almighty word. We believe that the Bible presents a true factual and historical account of creation. God is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Father's first mercy was through the creation. He puts his own image to Adam and Eve, but the first Adam used his free will to against the Creator with his disobedience. 
However, Father's amazing mercy is continuing on the fallen humankind. In the book of Genesis 1 and 2, we can see the truth of creation. We do not consider it as a creation theory or man-made story. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth in a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. St. Peter praises God's mercy as the Father of Jesus Christ. The Father's great mercy is never stopping. The Father gives us new life through his Son, Jesus Christ, his crucifixion. And we got a living hope from Jesus' resurrection for heaven. Because of Father's mercy through his Son, God is our Father also, who believe in Jesus Christ. The reason Christ sent this message to his brothers in John chapter 20, I am returning to my Father and your Father, my God and your God. Then how can we confidently address God as Father? We have some false heresies such as oneness Pentecostalism. They believe the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are the same person, so they focus on Jesus, Jesus is everything, so they don't worship the Father and the Holy Spirit, reason why they are same, and then they focus on Jesus Christ. However, St. Paul wrote in the book of Galatians chapter 3, you are all sons and daughters of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Apostle Paul did not say, you are sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. The Bible clearly says, we are sons and daughters of the Father God, as Jesus Christ is the Son of God. We worship God the Father for his glorious name, unlimited mercy, and sufficient grace to us through his only Son and the Holy Spirit. That's why our ministry continues to proclaim God the merciful Father as our creator. Amen. Now I invite you all to read the Athanasian Creed in the responsive way. I know that it's too long, that's why we didn't use it a lot. We used the Nicene Creed and Apostles' Creed is a good length for the worship service. But today is the one we can read the Athanasian Creed with a big patient. Okay. Whoever desires to be saved must, above all, hold the Catholic, which means like universal, faith. Whoever does not keep it whole and undefiled will without doubt perish eternally. And the Catholic faith is this. That we worship one God in Trinity and Trinity in unity, neither confusing the persons nor dividing the substance. For the Father is one person, the Son is another, the Holy Spirit is another. But the God of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit is one, the glory equal, the majesty co-eternal. Such as the Father is, such is the Son, and such is the Holy Spirit. 
the Father uncreated, the Son uncreated, the Holy Spirit uncreated. The Father infinite, the Son infinite, and the Holy Spirit infinite. The Father eternal, the Son eternal, the Holy Spirit eternal. And yet there are not three eternals, but one eternal. Just as there are not three uncreated or three infinites, but one uncreated and one infinite. In the same way, the Father is almighty, the Son almighty, the Holy Spirit almighty. And yet there are not three almighties, but one almighty. So the Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God. And yet there are not three gods, but one God. So the Father is Lord, the Son is Lord, the Holy Spirit is Lord. And yet there are not three lords, but one Lord. Our second reading today is from the Second Corinthians chapter 13. We may focus on the Apostle Paul's heart, his joy for the brothers and sisters in Corinth. And I like his part greeting in holy kiss. What is the holy kiss? It's not really a physical one, but that's what we are doing today. Through the hear the word of God and confess our oneness, our faith, and then sing a song and drink the coffee from the same pot and then especially join the communion table. That's brothers, sisters, joyful and living holy kids. John? Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All of God's people here send their greetings. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and all the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. continues in the name of the Son, the Redeemer. Let's read all together. All together, the yellow part. The Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God, but Father is not Son. Son is not Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is not Father. Yes, the Son is God. Jesus Christ is the second person of the Trinity. The Son of God, Jesus, became fully human to fulfill the Father's will, Father's mercy, Father's love, Father's grace for the sinners. We call it incarnation. However, in the first century, there was a controversy over the person of Christ, especially lots of people struggle with Jesus' divine nature, which moved and stimulated the church to formulate the Apostles' Creed, Nicene Creed, and Athanasian Creed. This controversy, the false tendency is continuing until now, and we can see from the Mormons and Jehovah Witnesses even in the Muslims and the Jews. They denied the deity of Jesus. 
They may consider Jesus as a great man, great prophet, great teacher, but not as God. However, we strongly believe that Jesus Christ is the eternal Son of God, one with the Father from all eternity. In the course of time, he took the true and complete, yet sinless, human nature to himself. When he was conceived as a holy child in the Virgin Mary through a miracle of the Holy Spirit, God's angel testified, what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. True God and a true human nature are inseparably united in one person. The holy God-man, he is called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Even those who deny the faith of the Trinity today do not question about Jesus' humanity as an actual man 2,000 years ago. Jesus came into the world as a baby. Jesus developed physically, mentally, and spiritually, growing and learning. He was hungry, wept, slept, overwhelmed with sorrow and thirsty. In order to complete his saving work, Jesus accepted our mortal. Jesus crucified, died, and buried. Jesus did not use his divine power to conquer the temptation from his physical life. Jesus is the only one who lived in this world in taking on our human nature without any sins by obeying God's law to the full. Jesus subjected himself to death. The devil still exists and the people still die. But for the believers of Jesus Christ, death has lost its power. We are not afraid of death because we know there is a heaven which prepared by Jesus Christ. Jesus became man to take our penalties of God's law and to redeem us. However, Jesus is always fully God, and he never ceased to be divine. God, man, was not two persons, but one. When Jesus' blood was shed, God's holy blood was shed. Jesus was omniscient. He knows everything, especially the Father's will, Father's plan on us. And he could see the people's heart. He could see the people's faith. And Jesus was omnipotent. He used the almighty power to heal the people. Even he made the death to alive. And Jesus also controlled the nature by rebuking the storm. And even he could work on the water. Our ministry continues to proclaim God the Son as our Redeemer who came to this world as his temporary dwelling place while he accomplished our salvation in Jesus Christ. The divine nature and the human nature were and continue to be united. People may keep asking Jesus as Philip did, Lord, show the Father that will be enough for us. But Jesus answered to him, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? This is why we boldly confess our faith with Athanasian Creed. 
which says, He is God, eternally begotten from the nature of the Father, and He is man, born in time, from the nature of His mother. Because Jesus, the Son of God, who came to the world, lived a perfect life, and gave up His life for paying our wages of sins, we are redeemed. And as redeemed children of God, we can have these joyful greetings as much as Paul had for the people in Corinth. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice, strive for full restoration, encourage one another, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All God's people here send their greetings. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Now we confess our one faith about triune God with the Athanasian Creed Part 2. And you may see this part, we have a pastor's congregation and man and woman. I know we are smart enough to catch that. Just as we are compelled by the Christian truth to acknowledge each distinct person as God and Lord. The Father is not made nor created, nor begotten by anyone. The Son is neither made nor created, but begotten of the Father alone. Thus, there is one father, not three fathers, one son, not three sons, one Holy Spirit, not three Holy Spirits. And in this trinity, none is before or after another, none is greater or less than another. Therefore, whoever desires to be saved must think thus about the Trinity. Our third scripture reading is the book of Matthew chapter 28. We call it Great Commission. Right before Jesus ascending to the heaven and then the stay the right-hand side of the Father, Jesus Christ gave us Great Commission. But watch out. Jesus says, go and then teaching and make disciples and baptizing them. Did Jesus say, baptize them in my name? Did Jesus say, baptize them in the Father's name? Did Jesus say, baptize them in God? Did he say, baptize them in the Lord? That's the short way to explain, but he didn't. He clearly distinct that baptizing the people in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Our salvation work is not only work of Jesus Christ. Our church drives by the Holy Spirit, but not only drive by the Holy Spirit. All trying God stay together, work together. 
That's why we have a great protection, not on one layer, but threefold blessings and protection and guidance around us. It is perfect. John? Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Oh, my bad. Yeah, you're my son. (laughs) (laughs) Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. Amen. I want to gently give a little time for our sound room. It is my fault. I gave them the PowerPoint too late. Third part, the holy ministry, the apostles' ministry continues in the name of the Holy Spirit, the sanctifier. (coughs) Let's read one more time. The Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God, but Father is not Son, Son is not Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit is not Father. Are you ready now to answer if somebody, your neighbor, your children, your co-worker ask you, what's the meaning of the Holy Spirit? I mean, the triune God. You may answer like that way. You know what? Father is God, and Son is God, and Holy Spirit is God. But Father is not the Son, Son is not the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit is not the Father. And they may say, what? But that is our confess. The Holy Spirit is God. With the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit participated in the work of creation. There is some confusion on the order, the triune God, such as Father present at first. And secondly, Jesus Christ, the Son, was sent to the world. And then thirdly, Jesus Christ sent the Holy Spirit. So this is the problem of humans' limitation by chronological thinking. But the Father... Son and the Holy Spirit were together from the beginning. It means we are not in the time of the Holy Spirit without the Father and the Son. Some radical Pentecostal churches emphasize a little too much on the Holy Spirit's work here and now, and it breaks the beautiful balance of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is sometimes called as a shy person. Reason why Holy Spirit does not call attention to himself but the fathers and the son. We can easily find the Holy Spirit's involvement in Jesus' work of salvation. And even the Holy Spirit guide led Jesus into the desert to win the victory over the Satan temptations. Book of Isaiah, chapter 61, prophecies, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. God the Father anointed the Son Jesus with the Spirit. And Jesus read this word in the synagogue and applied them to himself and said, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearings. The Holy Spirit 
empowered, guided, and inspired Jesus' apostles just like you and me as Jesus Christ promised he would. I want to share my testimony. I was baptized in my first Christmas as a baby. And the earliest I can recall my desire to be a pastor was when I was five years old. Because I like pastors' authority at church, especially at the moment of benedictions. In the Methodist culture, when pastors do the benedictions, all the congregation bow their head down. But not in the Welsh church. It looks so cool. But my personal dream continued without hesitations. When I was 15 years old, I attended the summer Bible camp with 34 other churches combined together and about 600 youth and 100 teachers together. The camp invited one guest preacher and he preached three times a day for three days. At the last day, evening, while I, I was Hearing the word of God, especially the preacher, touched on God's salvation story from the book of Exodus and Numbers. He proclaimed the love of God for the sinners. God the Father sent his only son to the world. Jesus Christ crucified on the cross and shed his blood for saving us. It was an ordinary gospel message. However, it touched my heart, and my heart was so moved when the preacher connected with Jesus' cross with a bronze snake on the pole. As you see, the book of Numbers chapter 21 says, So Moses made a bronze snake and put it up on a pole. And when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, they lived. And book of John chapter 3. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man, Jesus, must be lifted up on the cross that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. Key question. Do you know what is the following verse? Let's read all together. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Hallelujah. And the message was about one and half hours long. And all the people in the sanctuary without air conditioning system, but many of us so serious listen to the word of God and we try not to miss any words from the preacher's mouth. The preacher asked the youth, among you all, if you want to go to the seminary and want to be a pastor by the will of God, please stand. And I was the one who stood bravely. And I remember there were a, about a dozen youth who want to be a pastor. And all the people over there, they started to pray for them, led by the main preacher, says, Lord, use them as your servant of the gospel and empower them with the word of God through the Holy Spirit. And then prayers continued. After the service, 
I stared the cross. I know the cross. I believed the cross before. I had faith. But I started to cry because I felt the love of Jesus Christ. How he endured the pains. How he endured the mockeries and ridicules from the sinners for saving me, a sinner. So after service, I stayed and prayed with the tears for five hours until morning. I messed up the schedule a little bit because I'm the one, the campfire leader after the service. But where is Paul? I still remember the night vividly. I do not want to emphasize an experience of the Holy Spirit. No, don't get me wrong. But I want to share how the Holy Spirit empowers the sinners through the gospel in the word and sacrament. Sometimes during the worship service, your heart was so moved. Do you think it's because of your emotion? No. That's the moment Holy Spirit grabbed you through the word of God. After the day of the Pentecost, Peter preached the law and the gospel to the people. And about 3,000 repented and believed and were baptized. It is the work of the Holy Spirit through the gospel. When Jesus sent his disciples for the gospel ministry, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 10, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. But when the wolves, they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. All the time, you will be given what to say. For it will not be your speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Jesus Christ gave us great commission. Go and teach and baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Without the power of help, power and help of the Holy Spirit, we cannot carry out this great mission. We cannot maneuver, handle this great holy ministry. We are doing the triune God's ministry. We proclaim the good news and the truth and baptize all nations in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We believe and boldly proclaim that God the Father as our creator, God the Son, Jesus Christ, as our Redeemer, and God the Holy Spirit as our sanctifier. Jesus Christ promised to us, I am with you always to the very end of the age. God the Father is with us here and now. God the Son, Jesus Christ, is with us here and now. God the Holy Spirit awakens and to know and believe the presence of a triune God in our lives here and now. As a closing sentence, let us read all together. The holy ministry proclaims that the triune God is our creator, redeemer, and sanctifier. Amen. Now we confess the part three of Athanasian Creed. But it is also necessary for everlasting salvation that one faithfully 
believe the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is God, begotten from the substance of the Father before all ages. And he is man, born from the substance of his mother in, his, in this age, perfect God and perfect man, composed of a rational soul and human flesh. Although he is God and man, he is not two, but one Christ. For as the rational soul and flesh is one man, so God and man is one Christ. And his coming all people will rise again with their bodies and give an account concerning their own deeds. And those who have done good will enter into eternal life, and those who have done evil into eternal fire. This is the Catholic faith. Whoever does not believe it faithfully and firmly cannot be saved. Do you really trust and believe God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit? Sometimes we have a little struggles because the world kept saying something differently by their wisdom and their experience. But we are the one who doing the Lord's will. You're the chosen one from the beginning. Trust the Lord, Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. They never failed to guide you, to protect you, to forgive you. Praise the Lord. He's our Father. Jesus Christ, our Savior, Redeemer, and the Holy Spirit, the protector and then guidance into our steps. Amen.